0: What's going on, guys? It's Travis here with the NPCs, and welcome to another weekly news roundup. It is October 29th, 2022, and tonight we will be talking about Modern Warfare 2 crossplay cannot be disabled on PC or Xbox, but maybe the other console in particular. We'll talk about that. We'll also be talking about Phil Spencer saying that there won't be any Xbox increases, or at least on prices up until probably after the holidays. Stay tuned on more information for that. And of course, we'll also be talking about NVIDIA's RTX 4090 graphics cards are melting. That, of course, and more after we roll our intro here on the weekly news roundup. And of course, I'm joined live by Kyle, with Kyle here on Discord. Kyle, what's going on, man? No, not a same old, same old. Yeah, I didn't tell you I ditched the other intro just because I figured, hey, let's just, we can get things rolling that way instead until I can actually make something new. Because I got to tell you, I'm tired of staring at myself like that, you know, for like 45, you know, 45 seconds to another minute there of just the constant repeating of the news and such. So it's like, okay, you know that works. (laughs) I'll just ditch it all. We'll just go to the one that the other intro itself. Now, anyway, of course, guys, it is Weekly News Roundup here. Again, it is October 29th. We are almost... Uh, at the end, unfortunately, of spooky season. So uh, unfortunately with that, that means that you need to get your Halloween costumes out. You need to go get yourself all dressed up. You need to go out and make a mess and a disaster of yourself or just go play Overwatch 2's Halloween event. It's about 50-50. So uh, needless to say, let's just hop right into the news that we have set up for the week. And the first thing we've got is about Modern Warfare 2's uh, physical version only containing 72 megabytes of data. Only 72 megabytes of data. Kyle, what what would make them think
1: to go and do something like this? Like, why are they doing something like that? Um, so the speculation is that all that is literally on the disk is just the key to download the game. So you're literally just buying a physical license version, and that's it. You still have to have internet connection to physically download the game.
0: Yeah, especially at the size of what the game is apparently at right now, too. So you're talking 72 megabytes of data only on the disc itself. And it's got to be a Blu-ray disc of some type. Um, Well, yeah, it has to be at least least a
1: DVD because um, the PlayStation 5 doesn't read CDs at all.
0: Yeah, so it's got to be at minimum a DVD or a Blu-ray, which most of these drives are. and They should be cross-compatible. But yeah, and according to what the entire download actually takes up for modern warfare 2 it's 150 gigabytes yeah so which is
1: significantly smaller than what we were seeing you know for like call of duty and or the the re-release of uh call of duty and uh, or i guess the remake and as well as uh vanguard and what, what was the the black ops cold war uh which was extremely large for the install size
0: yeah, and it's still just even ridiculous enough, though, just to see that it's it's still so bizarre to actually see him even mm-hmm. spending the money to just send out 72 megabytes, like disks that have 72 megabytes of just data on them. And even if it is a license key, it's like you're hindering more of the video game preservation side than you are actually, like well, that, and making things harder for people to go and well, actually like install. creating e waste. Oh, exactly. Yeah, cuz you got to print up the case, yeah. you got to get the you got to get the artwork in the case, You've got to make the discs. There was no point in there whatsoever to do anything like that. What yeah. is Activision I mean, thinking?
1: Yeah, what well, besides, you know, just burning through money before, you know, any acquisition of uh Microsoft or, you know, total acquisition, I sh- I should say. Um th- this is just ludicrous. I mean, you know, you, the, they're literally just printing e-waste. I mean, they, they could have just said, you know, we're not going to release a physical copy. Um, I mean, if it requires a download anyway, you're wasting everyone's time.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it is. It's It's a massive waste of time, especially for, um, yeah, just about everybody. I mean, you're talking about yeah. the hit-to-back-end servers for games to download, too, and you've got to imagine even all of the effort to go and... Uh, offer like pre-download before the Mm -hmm. game's even available that's only going to offer so much relief especially when it comes down to uh any sort of day one patches that might pop up any sort of um ddos that could also occur too especially like we saw with overwatch 2 it's
1: it's kind of laughable
0: that they went this route but,
1: yeah, it it, it kind mean. of makes you wonder cuz they it could cause uh, potential congestion, you know, for the first, yeah. you know, few days of the launch because th- those people aren't going to be able to lo- preload the title. You know, the only thing that's going to allow them to preload the title is the actual physical key unless that prints out on their receipt and then guess what? All of a sudden that physical copy of the game was worthless. They could have just sent cases out to people if they really wanted them for their collection.
0: Yeah, it's something similar like what happened with uh, uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition that they could have done, is that they could have sold the Steelbook case or Mm -hmm. like that Collector's Edition that they did separately. It's like, sure, it didn't come with the game, but you still at least had an option to be able to pick up those physical aspects of the titles without having to necessarily have a physical game. And some people like that. Some people, though, don't. Um, I mean, physical titles are what drive people really to collect a lot of things because the ramifications of owning things in the digital space has become a problem where licenses could just be simply revoked because you don't really own it you just have a license to use it we could just take it whenever
1: yeah but i mean this is this is ludicrous on the level that they're you know they're putting out the game on the shelf for you know seventy dollars or whatever sixty dollars i think this one is actually seventy um And all you're getting is you're buying a $70 case with a code in it. There's no physical media. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. I had the same issue when I bought Skyrim or was gifted Skyrim. I can't remember which one it was. It was back in 2012. Mm -hmm. And when I opened up the uh, case, there was a disk inside. But as soon as I put the disk in, it basically uh, tried to install Steam. But because I already had installed it, bypassed that, and went and uh, just told Steam to start downloading Skyrim right onto my machine. That was all it was doing. Mm -hmm. It completely voided any sort of thing there about, like, having Skyrim on the disk. So, I, mm, yeah, it's been something that's happened for a long time now. But the fact that it's, like, especially something this big, it's more pervasive. It's, like, come on, guys. You can do better than this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we know that the the digital future is coming, but this is such a ridiculous way to push on it. I mean, if you were just going to say the game is going to require an install too large that we cannot release, you know, physical media, that would have been the smarter option, I would think.
0: Yeah, I would think so, too. So, yeah. But that's not the only Modern Warfare 2 controversy we've got to cover tonight, is it, Kyle? No, not at all. No, and how about that then? About that crossplay feature, we can't turn off, but others potentially can here. So. Right. So
1: yeah. Um, so unfortunately, it sounds like there is the uh, the unfortunate side effect of Xbox players not being able to turn off crossplay with PC and vice versa. But, but you know, for PC players, not really a big deal. Um, but PlayStation potentially are getting the option to actually turn off cross-play. Um, in the the whole deal, so I don't I don't know if this is actually residual. Uh, you know Bethesda active or not Bethesda uh, Activision Blizzard deal. You know that they had going for you know the past you know decade or so with PlayStation. That this is something that was just a little kickback to them before the the. Total acquisition, but I don't know. Kind of yeah. weird. Oh,
0: it is very weird, but it's not shocking because of the exclusivity yeah. stuff that we've seen with Call of Duty and PlayStation over the years. Uh, just because well, it, like the different like feature sets that have been locked for like time periods and being exclusively available there on PlayStation, and now, of course, this still comes up as well, too. It's not a shock to see it, but it is a frustrating one given the current environment we're in with Microsoft trying to buy Activision Blizzard.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, of course, you know, the, the, the big thing is Xbox players seem to be encountering or believe are, are believing to uh, be encountering a lot of cheaters. And, you know, it is, it is a problem on PC. You know, there are ways, unfortunately, to bypass, you know the PC anti-cheat system, and you know it—it it happens constantly with Activision systems, and they're constantly patching it. But yeah, it—it it really does put console players at a disadvantage, and I—I I do understand the frustration, but I—I I don't know. It—it it just seems bizarre that you know they would—they would do this, especially since you know currently it's—it's it's not like it's offered on Game Pass, so.
0: Yeah, but it still even paints it into a crazy picture where Sony's trying to argue about the potential of what's going to happen with Call of Duty on their uh, platform when or if Microsoft does actually fully acquire Activision Blizzard. And it still just goes to show that they are still getting a pretty big advantage here. And maybe that's what they're more worried about is that they're going to lose their advantage instead of it being the, instead of it being the, the balancing that the entire environment actually needs
1: well and it kind of makes you wonder too is is this playstation uh or sony making the choice to to actually you know isolate themselves or is this actually activision that's saying no we're gonna still isolate playstation or give them the ability to isolate themselves if they they so choose but they still can not play with you know cross play enabled
0: Makes me think it was probably one of those Sony things, like we were talking about several weeks ago with mm-hmm. the uh, the deals that like uh, Capcom has to make with uh, it was either Capcom or uh, Namco Bandai that has to make the uh, the deals there with Sony that on any competing console it's like they have to reveal. In advance of any further negotiations the cost it's going to be to put it on a competing platform and then Sony's going to basically like undercut them or something it seems like sony really drives a lot of that more than yeah than it is activision blizzard that would be doing it
1: yeah and you know some of that i i could see um with some of the publishers um in japan they they do exclusively or more exclusively want to deal you know with the the japanese market so they do turn to to sony and to nintendo or to the pc market more frequently than they do to to microsoft so yeah i i, I don't know how you know how it works but it i i obviously blizzard activision is kind of excluded from that but um i don't know i i, I feel like this probably has something to do with that previous deal that you know activision was trying to honor or you know Maybe, you know, in negotiations, in turn, Microsoft is trying to also honor uh, to, to Sony that that gives them a little bit more freedom than than the rest of the players.
0: Very possible. It is very possible. But I mean, Sony does have a larger market share, but at the same time, it's still frustrating enough, though, that in the world of trying to at least like make these games more inclusive and trying to bring things together and stuff that there's still Especially on multi-platform games, there's still a lot of isolation when it comes to some feature sets. In that, though, too, I can understand like little offshoot things as they relate right. to like rewards programs and such. Like how you can play a game on Game Pass and it unlocks one of those quests that then turns into points that then you can use towards like their little uh, rewards program and such on Microsoft side. Sony's got their new PlayStation Stars program, which I believe also has some uh, some interaction with uh, Modern Warfare Two now as well. So it's like that stuff mm-hmm. t- makes sense. But some of these other things where they actually, like, nix a full feature of the game uh, on one side, but it's something available on the other, just, it's just silly is all.
1: Well, and uh, another possibility is, you know, because, yeah, it, looking through the article, it does show that, you know, PC players um, cannot turn off cross-play either, it looks like. So they they can't just, you know, play exclusively with PC players. unless obviously you're, you're probably in some sort of scenario where you're in a tournament. Yeah, exactly. To that effect, um, it does go back to that, that PlayStation, you know, deal. Um, It used to be that PlayStation for, you know, six months to a year, depending on which game it was and, you know, what features it was, PlayStation had exclusivity on those features. So, I mean, it's a possibility that, you know, six months down the line or, you know, after the Activision Blizzard deal um, with with Microsoft, that we could see the ability to to turn off those features or maybe, you know, they keep it this way. It's hard to say, but it's just really bizarre.
0: It is. It is. It's we're going to have to wait to see if anything does actually change with that when we get to the potential acquisition actually going through yeah so definitely yeah uh but speaking of xbox at least though let's kind of move on here into our next story and that's talking about um phil spencer confirming that they are not going to be raising prices on the xbox and any of its services at least through the holidays Uh, i guess phil spencer was at a conference that was hosted by the wall street journal and he talked about uh uh, basically the eventuality of prices raising or being raised on the Xbox line of consoles and those uh, internal services like Game Pass. So what he said is, we've held our price on our console, we've held price on games in our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things, but going into this holiday, we thought it was really important that we maintain the prices we have. So, and I think that's kind of a given that we would expect to see potential prices go up, but I guess... It's tough to really say exactly how long it's going to be until those prices go up. I can't imagine like January first we're going to see Xbox Series X and S prices going up by fifty bucks each, and Game Pass going up by five dollars. You know, I, I can't imagine seeing that happening immediately. But uh, like, what do you think their timetable is going to be, Kyle? Like, how long do you think it's going to be before they actually go and try to mm-hmm. jump prices?
1: You know, with it, if there's any price hike with either the the newer generation xboxes and it happens with um the ones that are currently out i don't see it happening with the s um it'll it'll be with the x um and i i could see maybe a 50 dollar to 100 price hike just because of you know some of the lack of availability or the the co- in cost increase in the parts um now because of everything you know in global standing what, what's going on economically um, I mean, there's basically a war going on that, that that kind of affects that. So unfortunately, but yeah, to this, I, I don't know. It, I, I feel like this holiday we're seeing too many deals on the Xbox Series S for that one to actually be, you know, the, the console to to be seeing any sort of price hike. But there is also developers complaining about the Xbox Series S with the the fact that there's only 10 gigs of RAM available, you know, whereas, you know, I, I, I want to say the Series X has 16. And of that usable, there's only technically eight. And it makes it really hard to develop for because you know, when you're developing for the X, you can see that overhead a little bit better but you're literally butting up against the buffer zone. So if anything, I could see them canning that line or upgrading that line and then hitting it with a price increase that we could see put it more on par with where the current Xbox Series X is. Um, Other than that, as far as the service, that's definitely going to see a price hike after the first year. I probably put it sometime March. We'll see a price hike in March of this year by 10 to
0: $15. Yeah, and I wonder if that's around the same time we're going to see the actual release of the Game Pass Friends and Family subscription plan. Because I don't think that one's dropped yet, but that one was supposed to be around about 21 or $22. And that's the one that mm-hmm. opens it up for five friends and family to be able to share a Game Pass account. And I believe that offers the support for PC Game Pass, the Xbox Game Pass, Xbox Live, basically the whole kit and caboodle there. Um, so maybe that will be announced around the same time, and probably end up being maybe about what, maybe five dollars
1: more than what they were originally talking uh, about. I think they'll 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 hold that that form um, at least for six months. That's going to be an introductory thing, though, for them. I I think it'll probably. be another push for them to get uh, more more blanket coverage um right now we've seen um over the past two years actually xbox live as a service has seen a growth of 150 percent um both years so i i mean they've got to do something to also show growth so i i think the introductory price would be the best way to go but after about six months that one will definitely go up as well
0: i think so too I think that's definitely what's probably coming down the line for it, too. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things, though, that is that's helping, at least, though, is still the promotions, though, for Game Pass that are driving in customers that it's like you want to try out Game Pass. It's only a buck for yeah. the first month or for some existing Xbox Live subscribers and that, too. It's like you want it. You can get it for three bucks for three months, you know, give you a little bit longer of a deal than just um, I guess your your. you customers who have never had an xbox before um or have an xbox
1: still yeah and they're they're still honoring the deal where you can put up to two years of xbox gold i believe on your console and then just convert it all for a dollar per month yeah see that sounds pretty worth it in the long run too i mean yeah you're 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 paying for all the time but then you're also paying you know a dollar per each of the months so i mean it's Twenty four months or whatever, I I think it's only two months or two years or maybe three years. So at max thirty six months, three dollars a month plus tax, um, to convert all that. I mean, they're still getting your money either way, but I it, it definitely secures them a customer, and it it's more of a hassle for a customer to go and create more profile information and remake a whole new you know setup and go through all that again and then do a re-verification with xbox for profile to actually you know get set up with a new live account that i don't i don't see too many people trying to do it over and over again yeah i i think that's probably going to end up being what happens so yeah because i i'm sure that there there's going to be some point where they start locking it down you know they're going to see you know oh well this console has like five brand new profiles and it you know, it's had the same IP forever. <laughs> yeah, the, the,
0: it's Microsoft. You know? They're going to find a way to, yeah. to
1: address that part
0: of it for sure. So, uh, but in the meantime, obviously, of course, there's been no time frame on when exactly they're going to be doing it. So everything that we're talking about here is just pure speculation anyway. Uh, but obviously, if you are a Game Pass member, you know, either take advantage of those existing deals that are out there or and try to get yourself loaded up as best you can. If you don't have one of the newer Xboxes yet, probably best to grab one sooner rather than later um i've Mm -hmm. seen i've seen stacks of series s's at walmart and target so it should be pretty easy to find one there series x's are still a little hit and miss but they're usually pretty easy to at least find every once in a while compared to these longer queues and other promotional event things you have to go through to even secure one of those much less like a playstation 5 for example too but be on the lookout for that stuff though um in the meantime. Speaking of hot deals here, too, you might want to make sure that your uh, GPU is not a hot deal either, and that is in regards to the RTX 4090. So uh, several days ago, um, of course, the RTX 4090s has uh, been available now for the last few weeks, if I'm right. Um, but what happened is, though, is that over the last week, uh, there have been reports coming out that uh, the power connector on the RTX 4090, known as the... Uh, 12 volt high power connector, or the 12 VH PWR, uh, that connector has actually been found to be charred or melted uh, right along several uh, different pins, um, right on both the connector on the GPU and on the cable itself. And a lot of it actually seems to be happening on the exact same pin set and on the exact same, um, within the exact same areas on the connectors. And it's a pretty big deal now that we're finally actually hearing that NVIDIA is actually like is really looking into this. And so I pulled up the, um, I pulled up an article here that was referenced by, um, uh, by Jay's Two Cents who did some investigating into this as well. And he shared this as well from, from uh, Igor's lab. They are out of Denmark and this is what they actually had to go and show. So I'll bring up the um, I'll bring up the image here that they had from Reddit um, that shows the melted connector on both the RTX 4090 and on the RTX um, uh, and on the uh, on both connectors. Excuse me. Let me just put it that way. Um, so you can see where the charring's at, hitting on both the right and left side on those top pins, and what they identified is exactly how and why this most likely occurred. Um, So what they're finding here is the way that the connectors were put together. And it seems like it was in a really cheap and kind of shoddy way on the plug itself, or at least the the wires that are connecting into the plug. And you can kind of see the picture here of how this looks. So it's a very thin piece of metal. There we go. Zoom in on that it's a very thin piece of metal that these wires are effectively grouped into and soldered onto. And then they are separated by a little bit of, um, uh, just a little bit of spacing there and a little bit of thermal protection. But what's happening is that if the cable is connected in just the wrong way, like you jostle it just the right way, that connecting piece at the bottom that they're soldered to is just thin enough that it's easy enough to break it off. And what's happening is that because the break occurs in that cable, the power that was originally going through it now has to move through to another cable. And it's effectively causing more resistance to build up along that plate, thus causing more heat. That's how it all works. And unfortunately, that's what's causing the melting to occur. And you can even see here in this next picture, we'll zoom that in a bit, you can see exactly how that connector or at least that little bit of metal and plate look on the connector itself and i mean i don't know about you kyle but this looks like some pretty shoddy worksmanship at least when it comes to whoever's making the adapter huh
1: i mean the the connectors for those are kind of shoddy anyway in my opinion for for some of the the connections in the the pc but yeah i mean Literally, what it came down to is a minor bend was causing a power surge on one of the other pins, yep, and causing a a total failure of the pin set. Um, yeah, that that is really poor construction. And I mean, if you look at the the um, way the cable was manufactured too, I mean, with just the cables aligned on the top, and yeah, it it just looks like cheap cheap cable. I mean. Uh, they they couldn't have at least teamed up with like Cable Mod or something, or you know, well, and you know, it's it, funny you make it's mention. a $1,600 cable or well, guard, no, so, it,
0: if... right? But that's funny you make mention of Cable Mod, though. So, apparently, Cable Mod and Corsair have their own cables that actually work for the 4090 um, mm-hmm. or for the 12 volt high power um, connector that's required there. Um, apparently, those ones are built in a way that they won't experience this so instead of it being effectively like two wires per one single connection on there uh they actually have each wire separated instead
1: yeah so it's actually from what i understand so it won't break uh nvidia's new fix is that they were um i guess going to make a right angle plug um to to change the manufacturer of it
0: that's the other part that has been discussed quite a bit, too, is that, they're, yeah. that that may end up being part of the fix for it, but you imagine, though, still is that they're going to have to go back and try to figure out what to do next, at least when it comes mm-hmm. to those that have already experienced some of the damage, though. Now, it seems like the way that the damage is happening is that it's not actually breaking anything on the cards themselves. I guess the some of the folks who had some of the melting occur, not just from the the one picture that I was showing, though, but uh, several others who have reported seeing at least some of the damage, like, start, but they caught it just in time, have found that by switching to a connector that doesn't experience the problem, or at least a cable that doesn't experience the problem, like a Corsair one or a um, CableMod one, um, th- they found that the card is working just fine. They're not running into any sort of right. shorts or breaks or problems. Uh, so the card is at least not shorting out. It's just... It's very close to doing so. But, man, if that's one way to show, like, you know, the rich people are really kind of getting their asses kicked with this, hey, so be it. Well, Plus, I mean, you I know, if, it, if it's 90.
1: not New World killing your GPU, I guess it's, you know, NVIDIA actually trying to kill the GPU they sold you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the sound you hear—the sound you hear when it actually starts to smoke and smolder—there is uh, the original, <laughs> like launch splash screen from their uh, from some of their games that had NVIDIA, and it's like NVIDIA. That's what you hear coming right Rain. out of the thing, yeah. That's its soul escaping. That's how they knew it was and going bad. Serpent
1: Knight in the chat actually uh, said, "Just don't try the towel method." Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, yeah reflux not... all that solder.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do that with a cable there, especially. Yeah, no, screw that. Just so I'll I'll instead solder the wire directly into the forty ninety. Like I'll just pull the connector right. off and just solder everything up. So I'm going to make it a solid card. Yeah. Um, As it stands right now, though, NVIDIA hasn't necessarily provided much comment on it other than at least um, providing a uh, uh, at least kind of providing a statement saying that they're kind of like working on it, but they haven't provided any further details. And then they are investigating it, although I like this comment here or this last line in the um, uh, uh, article that we're referencing here from Kotaku where they said NVIDIA's competitor AMD also responded to the melted cable story and said uh, their senior vice president replied to a tweet saying that the uh, Radeon RX 6000 series and upcoming RDNA 3 GPUs will not use the 12 volt high power connector. So at least their next ones, it's going to still continue to exist or continue using the existing connectors that they are now, which means that it should be rather simple to at least carry on instead of having to worry about, oh, is I'm going to I'm not going to completely melt an art, uh, an RDNA three GPU or an RX, uh, 6,000 series GPU. When in reality, they're probably just melt themselves since, you know, AMD is pretty notorious for just being a, uh, a, a heater in its own right.
1: Yeah. I, I think this leaves a good, a good discussion open though, uh, for the makers, um, of, you know, I, I think in the next series of cards, they need to figure out a way to, I, I don't know, uh, better power management you know less power consumption try to get more more out of the card you know with less yeah i i think that's the next step we need to be seeing here because some of the power draw of these cards is like ridiculous on on some of the 4090 series they're recommending like 1200 volts now i was watching a video today you mean why Mind you or yeah, watts. Twelve hundred volts. Your your house. Yeah, your house doesn't even get that. Watt- volts, yeah. <laughs> Ludicrous. Um, no. Uh, yeah, twelve hundred watts. Um, no. Uh, I was watching, of course, an LTT video today, and they were talking about how you could actually taper down what some of the recommended specs is. Now, granted, it's it very carefully, and you know, you would have to know what you're doing with the uh with with the actual power supply you know what what your limits are but we shouldn't be having to try and you know figure out you know ourselves what we what we need to do we shouldn't be need to need to worry about you know is this card going to be compliant with you know my state you know i I, am i going to be able to put this in a pc is it going to be legal because it, it consumes so much power you know
0: that's that's a very big one especially um and I think even a lot of it is besides just it consuming so much power, it feels like it's more of just a way to, like... It kind of comes down to, like, whatever the reasoning is that it needs to consume much power, but also the fact though that it's, like, they're trying to keep things, like, cleaner on their cards by, like, oh, you only need one connector to hook in. But just remember that mm-hmm. one connector has to pass this much power through it. It's, like, why... It's, like, why can't there just be instead... The multiple connectors just to do it, but put them in there in a way where they're not as um, as visible. You know, it's like or like put them at the back of the card instead, or put Man. them you know um, like like at the very tail end of the card, or put them back behind. Which there's one company that actually makes a full like wire like not when I say wireless, I mean like or, or wire free maybe is the way they put it. Ah, uh, but they hide their wires and connectors so well that it's like you yeah, just put on it the in the backside,
1: basically. Yeah, and you
0: can't see anything. Yeah. So it's just one of those ways. It's like there's there's options to do stuff like that without, you know, having to like re, rework all of it. But I'm not mm-hmm. a I'm not an electrical engineer. I'm not one of these. I don't have that experience in any of this. So I can only say so much.
1: Well, and you know, I, I maybe that that's where the next step is it, it is maybe it's not necessarily just the the power consumption that needs to be evaluated and you know looked at to see where you know they can make improvements but maybe in, in some of the cables that we're using i mean a lot of the computer cables that we still use we've used for decades now it's the same connections
0: mhm yeah it has been for a long time especially
1: yeah so I mean maybe maybe there's room for improvement there and I understand you know stick with what's good and what works and it really and truly they are cost effective um, compared to you know what we could be using I guess in in some aspects, but who knows maybe maybe it needs to be evaluated what some something needs to happen uh, so so we're not worrying about you know these massive power issues melting our our cards or you know shorting our cards or you know just in general it it comes down to it's a lot of power going into our pc and Mm -hmm. going to power our video card of all things
0: yeah because everybody wants that ray tracing in their modern warfare 2 experience even though you're running around so fast are you going to really be able to take in you know what that's supposed to be used for what the
1: reflection in a puddle looks like
0: (laughs) yeah no kidding
1: yeah, well, you're not going to see it.
0: Yeah. Well, let's move on to our last main story for tonight here. And that is talking about a fan archiving all U.S. PlayStation 2 game manuals online. And this is no joke. This guy goes by the username Kirkland. He has spent all 22 years since the original release of the PlayStation 2 and $40,000 to be able to do this. But the $40,000 obviously is over the 22 year period. Um, but he has been able to go through and scan every single manual for every U S release PlayStation two game. That's out there. That includes working on like, he made, he worked on the big main releases that everybody knows and loves. He worked on all the sports games. He did all the variants of different things, you know, like the stuff that was packed in with a console that maybe was a, a special offer from something, you know uh, he went and did all this stuff and it's, it's, kind of chaotic to go through and look at some of these manuals again and realize like how many things are actually just like there that you know we had you know it's like and the lack of manuals that we get nowadays in games though too and it's just it's it's astounding yeah and i don't know if you went through and looked at any of them yet though
1: i i haven't you know and i I, i've seen a couple scans on on different pages because a few different news sites have have used different scans from the the actual pages but i i I just think it's really cool honestly i mean playstation 2 was was one of the last console generations where they they packaged a manual with i think 99% of the games i think there was only like literally one or two that may have not had a manual
0: well, what I, I like, I, I agree with you on that one, especially, like, you know, it, it definitely feels like it changed post PlayStation 2, maybe a little bit in PlayStation mm-hmm. 3, but um, the, like, yeah, the idea of just, like, these different things, like, you know, I remember being a kid getting a new game, and it's like, okay, maybe I didn't play the game yet, because I need to go hit the bathroom after school or whatever, but it's like, I could grab the manual out of the game case and at least start looking at it to figure out what I needed to do when I'm sitting there on the toilet waiting, you yeah. know, you know, something I can hop what, in play. What
1: what the RPG system was like? What main character you were gonna play? You know, depending on you know what the game was, or you know if there was a little backstory in in some of the manuals. I know that was something that they got away from outside the the NES and Sega generation, or or the Genesis generation. But I. Eh. It's still, really cool to be able to look. I mean, look, the, the character stuff in, in the manual, like, mm-hmm. how often do you see that? You know, it, it just doesn't happen anymore.
0: Oh, no, exactly. Like, I'm going through the list there. Like, I just had up the king, like, I'm sure you just saw it. There was the Kingdom Hearts one, uh, game yeah. manual, and that game manual was the one that was originally published by Squaresoft, like, yeah. before Square Enix was actually a thing. And then they had a, a, like the guy here, Kirkland, has another copy of it scanned for the square enix version um you know and it's just it's it's crazy to look at like you know i'll um, um, like i'll go up here to a game that i had as a kid which was atv off-road fury 2 and they had two versions of it they had the regular version and then he has also in here the not for resale version and the only difference Mm -hmm. with that is it actually just says not for resale underneath atv off-road fury 2 because that was a pack-in version with the playstation 2 and the um
1: network adapter yeah. And you think about it there in a way it 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 is another level of game preservation because it is part of the game history and not only that there there was a separate publisher and and graphic designer that had to work on each of these. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. There had yeah. to be because I mean you have to get all that stuff put like, you know, put together. But still even so, it's like these were such cool things to actually, like. These are still just such cool things to have, and the fact that we don't get them anymore. Yeah. I mean, okay, I guess you're 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 saving the the world here a little bit in the capacity of not, you know, uh, printing all these things up and you know tearing down a bunch of trees to do it. But yeah, the the backstory stuff that you get for a
1: lot of this is
0: just well, awesome, you know. And now and it's like I, you I, I remember get
1: that either the The few video game shops that that, um, or not video game shops, but rental shops that let you actually look at the manuals in the case, or they left the manuals in the cases on the shelves. This granted, this was a little bit more back in the day, like late nineties, early nineties, um, maybe a little into the two thousands. You would still see it, but I mean, it was a, it was another level for a kid to to connect with. You know what. What am I going to rent? You know, what, what can I expect out of this game? Is this something I'm going to enjoy right away? You know, I've got 48 hours to play this game. Am I going to be able to beat it? Or am I only going to get through half a level and get pissed off?
0: Exactly. Dude, no, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. Like what type of effort am I going to have to put out into this game to actually accomplish what I want to do, you know, or am I going to have to convince my parents to go and pay, you know, for extending the rental, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, mm-hmm. man. But uh, at least it's out there. It's a great thing, you know, and it's appreciated that someone took the effort to go ahead and get all of this archived. I hope that there's more out there, too. Um, I guess he's not even, it, this isn't even the only thing he did, though. Um, apparently, he's also the one responsible for the Super NES manuals as well. Um, so he's not only done the PlayStation two and now super Nintendo, but he's probably got others that he's working on at the same time. So the fact that he's put out all this effort to at least help preserve and archive a lot of these things, it's, it goes without saying really that it's like, it's just awesome, especially to go back and look at some of these things for games that maybe we don't have anymore to kind of like enjoy looking at a little bit of it.
1: Yeah. bravo and kudos to you dude yeah <laughs> yeah
0: keep keep going at it so we can maybe the next thing we'll see is sega genesis or something you know
1: um, right wh- give us sega saturn give <sighs> us give us everything that that's really i think i think that that would be the next step is just be like okay guys yeah i'm gonna try and work through everything but one console at a time
0: one console at a time yeah especially yeah. when he's uploading 2400 dpi uh, at 48 bit color which is apparently one, over 1 gig per page so yeah he's definitely pretty wow. up yeah so you want your higher quality stuff that's what he's bringing you is your high quality stuff holy so,
1: cow yeah no you could you could make your own manuals out of this stuff literally if it's
0: on, if it's on archive.org I think it's uh, I think when that stuff is up there anyway I mean obviously there's copyright with the manuals anyway given that they are still yeah. the property of the uh, of the game companies but I'm sure that there's some type of licensing there that, you know, it's not necessarily the worst thing to go and grab them because it's like you're not downloading the game. You're do- you're taking right. the manual. So it's, it's kind of a weird area. I guess you just have to see what the laws are on that one. But needless to say, yeah. um, that is it on the main stories, though. And we move on to the last part of the news, which is the quest markers with
1: Yay. Kyle. And, yeah, we've Except- only got... What I'm gonna flip them. I'm gonna flip them because Wee. I want. I want to start on the somber note. You. <laughs> you. Oh. Uh, all I'm
0: right. sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's okay, Kyle. I forgive you. So we'll. we'll yeah. Work. I don't
1: want to end on the somber note.
0: We'll, we'll. 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 We'll work it out as best we can. But take it away, man. What do we got?
1: Okay. So for our first quest marker for this evening, in a bit of unfortunate news for the gaming world, legendary Sega developer. Uh, R- Ryoko uh, Kodama has passed away at the age of 58. Aww. Um, unfortunately, um, after this, uh she leaves Sega after 40 years, um, where she in her earlier projects she did uh, produce games under the name Phoenix uh, Rie. Um, of course, she's best known for her work on uh, Fantasy Star or the Fantasy Star series, I should say. As well as Skies of Arcadia. Um, I believe she actually joined during the uh, uh, early Sonic Sega Genesis era. So you will be missed, unfortunately. But yeah, are in a that's better place. A lot especially of stuff where there. we're at now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot
0: of stuff to support there
1: for sure. But moving on to some actually infuriating news from the Blizzard side of, of the world. Um... <laughs> Blizzard sells an Overwatch 2 charm cheaper in real life than it is in the game. So on the Blizzard shop, on blizzard.com, you can purchase the Pachimaru keychain for $4.99, $5 US. On the Overwatch 2 game, the Pachimaru keychain is $7 proving that i guess web 3 is taking over us it really is
0: overwatch 2 is an nft world no
1: oh my god it's it's starting already it really is
0: you could go buy that stuff even cheaper on like uh, on um uh what is it on on etsy and that too especially yeah. i like, can go buy that there it's like man they need to start packing in a code for that thing in the game The like, physical
1: world is meaningless or in the all actual, you need yeah. is overwatch
0: yeah soon <laughs> enough we'll all be jacked into the into it all like the matrix won't we you know or like yeah. uh, um oh god what sword art online we'll all be wearing our nerds. sword and, art uh, or yeah
1: yeah uh what, what was the what was the other one that uh they were all high school students and they wear bands around their neck oh battle royale <laughs> no oh, no that's no, not bad. Was, no no no. yeah no as soon as you're born they put this like computer band around your neck and you can access the web and it's like in your head okay i think i'm yeah i can't remember the name of it but it actually takes place in the same world as sword art i promise you it's weird <laughs> they have a crossover <laughs> anime or a game or something it's crazy but oh, that's it for the quest markers and that is it for the news this evening
0: that's right yeah (laughs) while we forget the name of that anime we don't forget though that it is the end of the weekly news roundup for october 29th 2022 so thank you so much everybody for tuning into this week's episode of course be sure to check us out on our podcast platform where you can catch the uh this episode here in case you missed anything and any of our previous episodes over there our homepage is anchor.fm slash the-mc-podcast and you can find us there and any other podcast platform that you might actually prefer instead of anchor.fm so be sure to go find links to all the different ones we're supported on there. Be sure also to subscribe to us here on YouTube, and be sure to follow us on social media as well on Facebook and YouTube at our uh, Facebook and Twitter, excuse me, at the NPC's podcast. But with that, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you all next week. Bye bye.